invite the congregation to stand and to face the procession. We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin. Receive your forgiveness and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and love, and that we may obtain what you promise. Make us love what you command. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy for you shall go to all to whom I send you and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord.
A reading from 1 Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irrational or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to say to all in the synagogue in Nazareth, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. When all in the synagogue had heard this, they were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, so that they may hurl him off the cliff. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel lesson today begins exactly where we left off last week, and I mean exactly. In fact, you know, may notice that we read the exact same verse. Last week's gospel's last verse is the first in today's gospel. So, because the same place, you're still in Nazareth, his hometown, still singing in the synagogue, and he has just read from the prophet Isaiah, and he says that that prophecy has been fulfilled in their hearing. That is, that he is it. And that in and of itself was not the problem. Because what Isaiah talks about is preaching good news, to tell of God's love, to remind people that salvation is theirs. That part in the story is awesome sauce. Who wouldn't want to hear that God's blessings are for them? And that God has opened up God's rich store of love and mercy and favor, released to the captives, Isaiah says, sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed, and the year of the Lord's favor, sometimes called the Jubilee year, forgiveness for everybody, for everything. Such a deal. Who wouldn't want some of that? But where Jesus gets into trouble, in fact, so much trouble that they try to kill him, is when he suggests to the hometown folks that the blessings of God are not just yours. They extend to other people as well. And then Jesus has the audacity to name some of those people in Scripture that show that God loves other people too. 
He chooses the widow of Zarephath, who receives mercy in the time of famine. She's a Palestinian from Sidon. And then he lists Naaman, the Syrian, the one leper who's cleansed. Really? A Syrian? And for that, they're ready to toss him off the cliff. Don't you march into our hometown and tell us what God is up to. We knew you when you were just a snot-nosed kid's Joseph's son, and you pretend to come in here like you're all that. Get out. Get out now. In fact, don't get out. We will carry you out and give you a little ride over the brow of the hill into the valley or wherever it is that you need to go to. It is so easy to hear what we want to hear, what we expect to hear. Not too many of us, though, like when we're challenged or stretched and told that what we think is tired and old and myopic. No, what we want is a little, well, I think what we mostly want when we come to church is a little politeness, a little niceness. We don't want tough love to be spoken to us. We're trained to be orderly, mannerly, not stir the pot. But what happens when we run into these scripture lessons and when in our lives the reality of God's love does not match what God's love is? I think the most obvious example for us comes in the second lesson today. This wonderful passage from 1 Corinthians 13, a beautiful passage that we have domesticated in the church that we have tamed. Because if you read anything from the letters to the Corinthians, you will know that Paul is anything but happy with that group. Because they have taken the love of God, which he has given them, and made it into something else. And instead of loving each other, they snip and snipe. They have very little respect for one another. They receive gifts from God's Spirit, and rather, to, rather than celebrate those gifts, they use them to lord them over everything else. So Paul goes at them in this letter, saying things like back in chapter 10, all things are lawful. You are loved by Christ. You can do whatever you want, but not all things are beneficial. Are you after what Paul is getting at here? Let me put it this way. Paul is saying to the Corinthian church in chapter 10 of Corinthians, look, I know that you love Bertha's Canaanite barbecue. And who wouldn't? Those ribs are really tasty. But Joe's family down the street from you, they keep kosher. And they would never eat anything that has been sacrificed to an idol. So the fact that you go over to Bertha's Canaanite barbecue and get takeout and go in front of Joe's house and eat it in front, eat it in front of Joe and his children, well, that's just tacky. Have you no shame? I even hear reports from you, chapter 4 if you want to check it out, in Corinthians, that among you there is a stepmom, this is icky, sleeping with a stepson? Really? And not one of you has had the courage to say anything about this? Yeah, all of you don't think the Bible's interesting. Get it out sometime. There's some stuff going on there. Of course, I'm writing this to you, Paul says, not to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Really? 
Paul has had it up to here with the Corinthian church. And it reaches culmination in chapter 13, this beautiful chapter on love. How many of you have had this at your weddings or heard it read at weddings? I've read it at hundreds of weddings. Never in the way that I'm going to read it to you now. <laughs> we even have, someone gave us um, a part of this passage when Sharon and I were married. It's a little cross-stitch thing. I don't know if you remember this, Sharon. It's up in one room. It says, love bears all things. And then there's two little bears there. Get it? <laughs> I mean, how, how cute is that? Except, except that's not what Paul means at all. I want to reframe some of what Paul said here. This is the uh, New International Pastor John version, or the NIPJV, if you're counting along. If you don't have love, you are nothing, Paul says, with anger in his voice. If you don't have love, you gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Hello, McFly. Not the way that you're making it with your enviousness and boastful arrogance and you're being rude to one another? Why do you practice love that way? Why do you insist on your own way and act like that's love? Why are you nasty and irritable? Why are you just waiting for someone to mess something up so that you can point it out and celebrate their misery? Love is not secretly wishing that everyone else fails so that you look good. Love is about telling the truth. It is love that will endure. It never ends. The things that you lift up at First Lutheran Church in Corinth that you think are so great, your so-called spiritual gifts, prophecy, tongues, knowledge, who cares? If you don't have love, those are nothing. Faith, hope, love abide. These three, not the things you pretend to do, and the greatest of all gifts is love. Paul is not writing a Hallmark card to the church at Corinth, although that's often the way we use it. It's a scalding, scolding rebuke to those people because they have taken the love of Jesus Christ and made it into something else. In the same way Jesus rebukes his hometown, how could they possibly, how could they the people of promise take the love of God and pretend like it only ever has come to them. And of course, they don't want to hear it. And I'm sure the people of Corinth didn't want to hear it either. I'm just thankful that someone saved Paul's letters because I think most of the church would have wanted to rip them up and throw them into the fire. Why is it so hard for us sometimes to hear what God is actually saying to us? would be nice. Today and last week, our gospel lessons from the Gospel of Luke are right up against each other. In fact, we even repeat a verse. But next week, we have a skip. We get rid of 15 verses of the fourth chapter and move right to chapter 5 of Luke's gospel. And those verses, verses 31 to 44, never appear anywhere in the lectionary of the church. Now, I don't set up the lectionary, and we can't read everything. I sort of, well, I guess we could, but we skip over some places. I find it interesting because what we leave out, I actually think is part of the point. 
After Jesus says this hard, this hard thing to the people in Nazareth that you don't control God's love, <laughs> they try to throw him off the cliff. Luke says, though, but he just passes through them and moves on his way. I always think of this as the MC Hammer moment in the Gospel of Luke. Doom, doo, 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 can't touch this. Boom, boom, doo, doo. Boom, boo, doo. Can you see it? Just moving right through them, yeah? Can't touch this. But when he leaves, he goes from there to Capernaum, a city at the very top of the Sea of Galilee. There he casts out a demon in the synagogue. He then makes his way to Simon Peter's house, his good friend Simon Peter, whose mother-in-law is gravely ill. He then heals her. And it says in the gospel, then she gets up and serves them. What's with that? Later, of course, Simon Peter will deny Jesus because Jesus healed his mother. No, no just, just no, leave, that, leave that out there. Because he has done these things, healed people, tossed out demons, everyone wants a piece of him, as you can imagine. So you know what Jesus does? Everybody's trying to get at him. The gospel says he goes and hides from them. Still the crowds try to hunt him down. And then Jesus says these words, which never come up in the lectionary of our church. He says, quote, my job, my purpose, is to proclaim the kingdom of God not to you, but to other peoples, other cities. I don't know why we skipped that verse. It's that part of the gospel that's so cutting and damaging to us. Yes, the gospel is for you, but, but not just for you. It's for all kinds of people and all kinds of places. Too often we just want to put our hands on our ears and shut that part of the message out. Why is it that we're so worried that if God, in fact, loves everyone, that his mercy and grace is meant for all people everywhere, why does that bother us so much? Is it because then we'll also be expected to love everyone? Is that it? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting. We pray to you, O Lord, unafraid because you are with us. O God of light, hear us as we pray. We listen to the gospel with the promise of hope and love given to all that are faithful. Surrounded and bolstered by family and friends, we go forth and let all know of what lies ahead when we are with you. O God of light, hear us as we pray. We pray that relief will come for those who are suffering from natural disasters. There are others who are adversely affected by man-made disasters that need help and assistance. Watch over them and teach us to wisely manage and use the resources of the earth that you have given us so that we live in harmony within our home. O God of light, there are souls that need to be nourished both spiritually and physically. Make sure that we hear and find those who have such hunger and that we help them. No matter where they live or who their leader is, they are also part of your kingdom. O God of light, may the members of Prince of Peace hear your truth and go forth as faithful servants. Help us fulfill our mission to our congregation and to the community. We ask that you help our congregation with assistance and resettlement of Afghan refugees. Let them find dignity and peace within our community. O God of light, give us the will to battle the virus that lurks in our world. Make us aware of what we should be doing that we remember to continue our battle and not falter. We have worked long and hard to stay safe, but we need to be diligent and remain alert. O oh God of light, hear us as we pray. please hear the petitions from those who feel a grievous loss or are alone. Let them know that they are not forgotten. We ask that you help and comfort those we name now or in our hearts. O oh God of light, hear us. We offer these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Also you. I invite you to find a COVID-friendly way to share that peace with those who are around you. God's peace, God's peace, God's peace, God's peace, God's peace, God's peace, God's peace. All right. Announcement time. Good morning, church. Good to have you here as we uh, round out our services for today, but that doesn't end what we have going on here at, sir, at church. Right following this in the fellowship hall, we will have our budget meeting for the, com uh, for the congregation. want to invite you all to come. If you haven't been able to pick up our annual report, it's available as you turn corner and head towards the fellowship hall. There's one there. I want to invite you to grab that. The budget meeting is an opportunity for us to talk about our mission and ministry and how we plan on funding that 
moving forward. So I want to encourage you, come and take part in that. Next week we have our annual meeting where we do the election of our council members and approval of budgets and things along that nature. So come and take part in that. And then following that, uh, to this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we have in our concert series, uh, Heart Songs. These are your favorite hymns, and they will be sung by soloists from our congregation. And so I want to invite you to come back here at 4 o'clock and hear some of those uh, hymns that are pull at your heartstrings. Some of the ministry that we have been up to in this last week and, and the last few weeks is helping those Afghan refugees that are settling in our Columbus area. And so we've been gathering different supplies and bringing it, or they've been coming to get it. And uh, we still continue to do that work, and it changes every week based off of what the needs are. This week in particular, they're looking for uh, household cleaning items, men's toiletry items to put in welcome packs, and then any old smartphones that you might have. I want to invite you to make sure to scrub those clean, do the factory reset on them, make sure all the, all the personal information out. But if they're just sitting in your drawer and uh, you, you don't need it anymore, somebody else could utilize that smartphone and want to encourage you, bring those in. And uh, the, uh, in our fellowship hall, you'll see the section, lots of great labels of different things. want to invite you to go check that out as well. We are saddened to pass along the information that Neil Edwards died on Friday. And we, uh, uh, as we mourn the death of Neil, we uh, offer comfort to Doris and we look for a funeral on Saturday, possibly, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on that information as we move forward. There's lots more announcements that come in our peace signs email. They're also on our social media. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're signed up for that. We continue in our worship with the giving of our tithes and our offering.
Blessed are you, O holy God. You are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your Son. He is your light, shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, given and shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his preaching and healing, his dying and rising, and his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your Spirit, bless us and this meal, that refreshed with this heavenly food, we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son, through him all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Gathered as one by the Holy Spirit, let us join in praying the prayer our Lord first taught us. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your kingdom be done. On earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
We give you thanks, gracious God, for we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all, strengthened with the richness of your grace in your Son, Jesus Christ.
Go with Christ into a weary world and share the good news.